What's up, guys? Hey, guys. Welcome back. This is Bobby. And uh, I know we missed last week, but we have a few things to talk about this week. Um, let's get, let's get, well, I know David likes to start off with opening banner. So, David, what, what do you want to talk about? Uh, well, it says here in my notes, opening banner, weekly catch-up. <laughs> so we're going to start there, uh, as per the notes. <laughs> you know, Bobby, you know what I noticed is that... Um, you do know you don't have to really say that. We just but you, really said, but you just it. said it. That's why I'm no, saying but that's, it. Because but it just came said out it. as regular dialogue. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> came out as regular well, we were, dialogue. So no one would have ever. So okay, so just, so just off the pod. So just off the pod, like seconds ago, we were talking about how um, Lewis is telling us how Kingdom Hearts, the new game, has uh, cheesy dialogue. So that's, that's what I'm kind of aiming for. I'm aiming for super cheesy dialogue. So that's why I said it. Is it, funny now? is it funnier now that I had to explain it? <laughs> no, because now I'm in, now I'm debating whether that makes sense and I like it or not. <laughs> oh my god, he just said that too about. Yeah, that that's actually an inside joke. I guess yeah. no none of the listeners will understand uh, <laughs> what I meant by that. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as so, so much of the things that we say, Bobby, I, I was just noticing right now that you. When you did the intro, you you obviously you introduce us the way we you always do, but then you you introduce yourself, and I kind of feel like that's like you don't always say, "and this is Bobby," and, and no, I maybe say it's just it. because this is me, Bobby. Do always you say always that. say that? I always say that, man. Okay. And you listen back to the show too. I do. See, so why do why do you even listen to it? I skip over all like... the parts that you talk. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, those, those those three minutes might cause him to be late to work. Mm. <laughs> yeah, those are those are Angel from uh, Straight from the Sands. And that's why he needs to speed so. up our podcast too yeah. in order to re-listen to him. <laughs> I do. I have to. I have to do it in uh, in one and a half speed because uh, I have a lot to shit. I have a lot of stuff to it's listen because, to. Because no, it's because of your Shatner speak. So then the galaxy <laughs> took the training camp. Bobby, to Bo- the- Bobby was telling me the other day that <laughs> when I was talking about. The training camp. I sounded like William Shatner, and then I went no, back. No, you were just talking about something regular. It wasn't the training camp, but yeah. Oh, okay. And I went back and listened to it. I was like, oh my god! Now, now I'm not going to be able to unhear it, and I'm going to be super self conscious. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to I'm going to speed up talking more because I'm I'm going to be afraid that I'm going to sound I can, too much. The thing is, this. I can totally yeah. I was like, I was going to say like I already can't unhear it. <laughs> yeah, I already hear it too, and it's doing good. You're doing yeah, it's, good. it's going well. I like yeah. it. I like it. I, I was about to say, wow, I can't wait to like listen back to the episode tomorrow. But nope, I'm listening to it right now. I can totally hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's there for sure. Um, so how you guys doing? How you guys been braving the rain? Thirty minute mark. Thirty minute mark. It'll change. <laughs> we need a, we need a clapper. We need like a. We need the, like off you know somewhere off camera like the like two minute. Uh, <laughs> Or the 10 second clap in uh, boxing, you know, like <laughs> time to move on. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll make we'll make a little emoji that we could text. <laughs> it can be the little pinching one. Uh how you guys been doing with the, the rain? Has it been cold up there, Bobby? It's snowing right now. Is it really? Yeah. Man. Nice. Yeah, it just started nice. snowing about thirty minutes ago. He's gonna have a white outside and it, it was all white. I was like, whoa, okay. Wow. <laughs> I know I was working in the garage today, and I was like, "No, can't do it. Go back in the house." Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I walked into my garage to record, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna be so cold." Like I have, I have my blanket. It's wrapped up around me. I'm, I'm cozy right now. Oh, and listeners, I live in the North Pole. Yeah. Yeah. 
if you guys didn't know, Bobby relocated to Iceland. <laughs> well, if you're in the North you? Pole, like, the haven't you shifted? <laughs> Did you guys hear about that? Like the like the yes. North Pole like yeah. shifting all, or something? All the glaciers, yeah, everything is just yeah, yeah. like yeah, like crazy. So there it but is. Yeah. Your, your position has changed. I know. I'm uh, ironically, I am a little wet right now because I'm wearing the sweatshirt I was wearing Whoa, to work. So calm down, children's <laughs> show, children's hey, show. <laughs> I could keep going if you want, but I literally was talking about the rain. He asked me about the rain. Uh, so, yeah, my sleeves are a little uh, wet right now. So I'm actually – but I love the cold. I actually love this weather. I It's very difficult for me to get cold. I'm actually um, obviously not as cold as uh, where Bobby is located, but uh, uh, it's probably still a little bit uh, colder than probably where David is. But I'm actually – content with this with this weather we're getting some type of winter uh you know this year so i'm kind of enjoying that i hate the heat um i'm still sleeping in shorts and a and a t-shirt so (laughs) so like i'm i'm perfectly content with this weather uh but yeah the rain i I work in the rain um for the most part and so that can be kind of annoying but still better than working in uh you know 110 degree weather with uh fire burning (laughs) you know and it's breathing in all that ash and smog and all that other fun stuff. But it's been cool. I've been enjoying it. Yeah, exactly. It it might very well be next week for all we know. (laughs) This is LA after all. So yeah, Yeah, Uh, but no, it's, it's, uh, it's cool. It's, you know, I've been enjoying it. It, It's always, uh, uh, the times I am home, you know, just listening to the rain is actually kind of peaceful. So it's, uh, it's cool. I've been enjoying it. I wish it was snowing actually to, to be perfectly honest. I've never, Experienced that, so. Well, I've well, I've well, no, no, no. I've uh, well, actually, I've never been to Yosemite in the winter, but no, I've I've experienced snow. I've never actually experienced like snowing like at the house. That's what I meant. Yeah, so that's when you walk outside, you just hear crazy. (laughs) That's what I want. That's what I totally want. Like I want to walk out there, like fuck, finally a real Christmas. Dude, Bobby took my I took my sound system down from Christmas. What the fuck? Bobby's Bobby's gonna be Bobby's gonna end up being the old man from Home Alone. (laughs) Like when Bobby gets older, he's gonna end up being the old man from Home Alone, just shoveling with this, just putting salt. All I see is grumpy old man. That's what I see. Yep, that's what I see. That's gonna be you, Bobby. I'm already there. <laughs> yes, you're grumpy, but you're not old yet. You're halfway there. You're the youngest. Halfway you're the youngest of the three of us. You <laughs> can't like be old year. yet by like one year. <laughs> Calm down. So you still technically are the youngest of yes. the three of us. <laughs> yes, but it's not like I'm like 18 and you guys are all 74. I mean, Calm down. I mean, you look, you look like you're 18. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes we know that all right and i sound like i'm 18 too not like someone sounded in the last episode <laughs> why what do you mean um so so bobby so bobby speaking of how i sounded in the last episode um i took your i took your comment to heart a little bit so in, much in, in terms right of now. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. So, Bobby, so Bobby, like, you know the last yeah. episode? <laughs> Sorry, I'm he's speaking gonna... at one and a half speed. No, um, no, the way he's going great. to... Uh... No, that was great. It was just so perfect. 
from now on, I can, I can picture him show prepping by uh, watching old Micro Machine commercials. Oh, no. 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 You know that was my you know nightmare when I was a child. You know what's funny is, is as, I was, as I was driving I in the car. I totally forgot so, about that. So I'm going back and listening to like yeah. last you, year's MLS preview show because we're going to we're going to be doing our 2019 MLS preview show in a couple of weeks. And so I went back and I listened to our last show or that show. And um, I was like, man, I haven't we haven't potted for a while. So I need to like I, I feel like my my voice isn't there. I, and I started and I started doing Bobby's favorite uh, voice exercise. The oh, human no. torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a Unique one. New York. Uh, but no, but, but dude, uh, last weekend I was de-icing my fridge, my little mini fridge. I keep my my beers that I drink during the show. And as I was de-icing it, I was getting impatient and I didn't let the ice melt. And the kids were like playing around. They're like, oh, look, we're making snow. And I was like, oh, I'll just chip out some chunks of ice so they can play with because they were being entertained by that and i was chipping i was chipping i was chipping away at the little freezer area and then all of a sudden i got sprayed and and then i hear this gas and i was like oh crap so i hit the free online in my little mini fridge oh god so uh i have no cold beer so uh yeah i'm I'm, I'm gonna be getting i'm gonna be sounding a lot thinner again because I have no cold beers in the garage. For one week. <laughs> you you do have a fridge in the house. I do, yeah, but that's all the way in the house. It's too far. Well, then you'll. That's so a then lot of walking, man. More steps. Oh you'll my gain, God. You'll gain weight because of the beer, but hey, then you'll hey. lose weight because of the walking. So, you know, hey, it's hey. even Steven. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> hey, Fatty, I got a movie for you. A fridge too far. Oh, oh I wanted to see Honk if you're horny. <laughs> You guys are the worst. These are the worst dad jokes. God damn. Okay. It wasn't a dad Let's joke. It was a Simpson joke. I get it. But the way even, you said even it worse, was a dad Even joke. worse sometimes. Wait, 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 even worse. Fine. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. Why I laugh? <laughs> so, uh. so, guys, soccer's coming back. Soccer's coming around. Um, we had some U.S. men's soccer's national always, team games. Soccer's always been here. MLS is. And U.S. national team maybe coming back around. It's it's true because after the Super Bowl, people started tweeting like, "Oh, now it's now it's time for baseball season." And all the MLS and soccer people were like, "Hey, what the hell?" Yes, <laughs> well, you skipped over us again. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, and to be fair, yeah. like, there's only like a two week period throughout the year where you can't find soccer on TV. I don't think so. Yeah, it's yeah, like kind of crazy. Compared right to how, how we grew after up. Christmas and before New Year's. Oh, okay, well, that's like that's a holiday break. It's not a. My sentence still stands. I, I guess. I okay, fair enough. Uh, but but you know, every other time of the year, you can find soccer on. Like Anywhere, I was, yeah. I was minding my own business today, and I got alerted from my uh, my TV app that Wolfsburg and uh, Borussia Dortmund was on. So I ended up watching a little bit of that, and Christian Pulisic scored a goal. He's still but alive. They, uh, yeah, but yes, then they lost. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah they they ended up Dortmund ended up losing in penalties. Yeah, he's so. washed up. Yeah, I know. The next the next big thing is uh, 
is Jordi Mahalevich. There you go. Yeah, he's the next big uh, savior of U.S. soccer, right? Okay, uh, okay. He, we'll annoy him tonight. Exactly, yeah, that's, that's what we're here for. I don't even know where he plays. I think he plays in Chicago. Maybe he's like a uh, – just out of the academy or, or something. I, I don't know actually where he's playing, but – he was called up for the men's national team in the games for uh, Panama and Costa Rica and got a start. Mm-hmm. So apparently he is the new, newly anointed uh, next, next best thing in, uh, in U.S. soccer. Uh, I mean, I, I know you're being sarcastic, but uh, we're going to go into this Pandora's <laughs> box, aren't we? Yes, this is, this is the point of the show. Uh so the U.S. played Panama and they played Costa Rica in uh, last last Saturday and this past Saturday. Uh, so officially, the Greg Berhalter era has begun, guys. Um, and you know they they trotted out a couple of uh, what I would say like B C level players and it's, it's a C squad and they played against C level squads. Uh huh. Yeah. So. What'd you guys think? What'd you guys think of the uh, the Panama game? I, I thought the U.S. took all of like twenty five minutes to get going and then took over. That's basically it. That's literally <laughs> basically it. I mean, uh, it was a quite a boring first half. They, there was really no control. They, they looked poor. They didn't look that great. And then, you know, and then as soon as they got wait, was it when what when was it around? Was it literally around the twentieth something minute that that? Things started to really, really yeah. turn. It, it was like right at 25 is when they started taking over and then they started just possessing the ball, pushing the play. Um, they did a really good job of moving the ball back and forth. I mean, a lot of people were comparing the style to like a Man City-esque style. Uh, oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's exactly. Down. Down. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Chill out. Like, I will slightly open the Pandora's box there, I, Look, I didn't say that. I'm just telling I, I you that's you what I saw. No, no, I, I'm not, I'm not before saying you that get you there, are. Before you get there, Lewis, I'll, let you, I'll, I'll, I'll open the door and let you come in and rummage through the china shop. Um, <laughs> but I, the second half, you know, they had a much, much more control. They actually looked like a cohesive team all of a sudden, and they pretty much controlled the, that, that end, end of the, the second half. I mean, the, the, the entire second half in order to get the win. But... I mean, look, they they look fine. They look like they should have played that way. Yeah. I mean, of course, we expect better even then. But all right. Lewis? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm going to be reserved because I, that there's going to be ample time for me to, you know, to say more things as as the uh, the year goes on and more important and more meaningful games take place for the for the national team but I, i'm gonna say that you know even if this uh even if we're not coming off a cycle where we didn't qualify for a world cup the january camp has always been you know boring dull uh you're not really getting much as a fan you're not really getting much out of the camp out of the out of the friendlies uh you are playing against other c squads regardless of what team you're playing against you're going to be going uh, you're going to be seeing players in camp that are pretty much down the uh, down the list of uh, depth where a coach is just hoping that he finds some any sort of spark that he could possibly use. Um, and some players have taken advantage of it. So 
in the sense that it's meaningful, it's obviously meaningful for the players that are trying to make a name for themselves and trying to earn a spot in that cycle. And it's important for the coach to find out uh, who's available to him and who can fill in certain roles in the system, especially now with uh, Greg Berhalter as his first two games. But, you know, it's for the fans, it's not really much to go on. You lose or win, it really, really doesn't matter because the barometer is just really not there. Like David said, you're playing against uh, a C squad. You're not really going to be seeing much of anything. You're expected to win, which is what happened. Good. If you do anything but that, especially coming off of uh, a a year where you didn't qualify for the World Cup, I mean, our insecurities, our inferiority complex it's it's gonna come out 10 times harder mm-hmm. and so and you're well, that's seeing what, it that's why these wins are pretty good for us to be in in general i mean well, it's pretty I good mean, for us to to bring that 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 um what am i that sense to of say? hope i think the sense of, of i don't know about a sense of hope just the of just confidence some well confidence. i don't want to i mean if you're the player or if you're the coach you can you can make that argument you know what let's get the let's get started off on the right foot and they did um, they two shutout victories, which you know, okay, it, it it's okay. But again, look at the competition you're facing. The players, more than more than half of these players, you probably won't even see again. Mm-hmm. So you're again, it's not really telling as to where the program is headed. You're going to get stiffer competition even in March when you're facing um, Chile and Ecuador. But even then you're still tinkering. They're not meaningful games. Win or lose those games, it's still kind of... It really doesn't matter. The, the, the first meaningful game that you're going to get is going to be the Gold Cup. And for, for me personally... I, I would argue I, that the Gold Cup final is well, the first okay. meaningful game that they'll get. Okay, so this, is, so this is the point that I was trying to make, is that for me personally, aside from, look, this is a, a tournament that is not only set up for you to get to the final, it is also expected um, that you win it. And this has always been your barometer, which I was always critical of. Your barometer for everything leading up to the World Cup is, can I beat Mexico? That is a horrible barometer to have. Well, because qualifying for the World Cup is no longer a foregone conclusion, this is now your barometer, which is a bad thing, by the way. No, to the be, gold to be fair, no, no, hold on. Barometer. To be fair, I think I don't think the gold the the barometer is can I beat Mexico. I think the barometer is can I be the best in my uh, confederation, which is and essentially that just happens to be Mexico. Beat Mexico, right? So it happens to be, but but I don't think it's can I beat Mexico and you know all everything else can fail can fall apart. Um, I, but I again, think it's can I but, top but again, my my confederation because they can't. They can't go play in Asia. But again, it's 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 going back to where it is built for you to get to the final. It is built for the United States and Mexico to face off in the final. There's no other format outside of that. If it doesn't happen, one of those two teams has messed up. So, and that's where I was going with this. It's not just about getting to the final. It's not just about beating Mexico because now these teams that you will face in World Cup qualification, if it's no longer a foregone conclusion that you're going to qualify, how are you beating the Honduras? How are you beating Costa Rica? How are you beating Jamaica? How are you beating all of the Central American teams that you're going to face next year in World Cup qualifying? Are you eking by? 
Are you squeaking by? Do you need penalties to get through to the next round? Or are you comfortably winning? Are you dominating the game? Are you imposing your will on these inferior teams? That's the important part now. And then get to Mexico. And how do I look against Mexico? And let's just be honest. This is also a half-lose-lose situation. Because if you lose to Mexico, depending on how you're losing to them, this is also going to affect the way people see Greg Berhalter. Because you got to remember, well, that look what just happened. You could have had Tato Martino. Mexico got him. Serves you right. They made the right choice. We didn't. Now, it may be unfair, but you know that's what's going to happen. You know that's what's going to be said. You lose to Mexico in that final, that is going to be the talking point. That you chose the wrong coach, Mexico got it, and now they have the upper hand. So there's actually more at stake in that tournament than than there really ever was up until this point, to be perfectly honest. And so that's where I feel that the Gold Cup now is really a barometer as to where this program is headed. And that is the the step back that this program has has taken for missing that World Cup, is that that is truly now a barometer. I I would call it less a a barometer and more a – like you said, a step back into the U.S. is obviously everybody can agree the U.S. national team, the men's national team, has taken a step back. But I think the the gold winning the gold cup or or showing well in the gold cup is the step in the right direction because Absolutely. like to get to get you back up to where you were before and then try to move forward from there because you can't you can't discount the tournament. You know what I mean? Like, I know you would rather just not play that tournament and play in the Copa America, but that's not a region. You know, yes, it's better competition. Maybe we'll play Copa America anyway or uh, in the, the next one anyway. Um, but well, my point I, was always I, I, I think I think you have to get I think the U.S. national team has to get their their cards back in order before they can start, you know, spreading their wings again. I, agree I, with I think you. they are kind of a wounded animal right now. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with you, and that's kind of half the point. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're talking to me about, you know, if you're talking about comparing uh, these two tournaments between the Gold Cup and the Copa America, obviously there's no comparison. It's apples and oranges. If you're saying which one is more prestigious, would you rather win the Gold Cup or re- would you rather win the Copa America? Again, that's that's an obvious choice. However, because winning the Gold Cup is no longer a foregone conclusion because qualifying for the world cup is no longer a foregone conclusion. Yes. The gold cup has become more important than playing in the Copa America, because if you're saying, look, we're going to win the gold cup. Yeah, whatever. We're going to get into the world cup. Yeah, whatever. The whole point of saying you need to get into the Copa America is to get better competition that will lead you and better prepare you for the world cup. Now it's, well, we got to get there first. So, yes, in that retrospect, we have taken a step back. And, yes, this is probably more important now than before because you're right. Winning the Gold Cup is going to do a lot for the confidence in not only the players but also the fan base who has lost a lot of confidence in this team. It is a huge step in the right direction if you're winning that Gold Cup. And it's going to be encouraging, again, on how you're beating them. If you're beating them comfortably, okay, you're on the right path. This is, you got the correct coach. He's got him back on track. We're back on our way where we're supposed to be. 
But again, it, it's going to be very difficult to tell playing against C squads from anywhere in the world uh, when you're also using, you know, a C squad um, yourself. So, but at, but at least, but at least that in, in terms of the level of player that you're getting in in both sides, it's it's similar. Um, both team, you know, every team is in transition right now. There's no sort of looming tournament that is that critical. So you have you have both teams trying out new people. You can only play the players that they, the other team put sure. in front of you. You know, you can't be like, no, 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 Panama, you got to go call your big guys uh, because we want to test our C squad against your A team. No, nobody's going to, nobody's going to no, do no, that. No, 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 no. And that's not um, what I'm asking. That's but, not what I'm saying or I'm asking uh, to do. I'm just but, saying that like, obviously we know that the January camps are this and, you know, nobody should be putting, uh, nobody excited from the players and the coaches should be putting, any more stock than, you know, the individual players put on themselves or the coaches put on on those players in the camps because, again, there's not really a barometer to go by, and there shouldn't be. It, you, yeah. you shouldn't be writing the team off um, if they're not performing well in this one, and you shouldn't be praising the team as if, okay, we're back on the right track if they were to win. It's, it, it's just kind of... Uh, it's unfair either way. You can't be completely negative and completely positive in in this type of a game. Um, again, uh, you, once you see uh, maybe the March games, maybe the March friendlies, they um, Burhalter incorporates some of the players that you know are going to be starters. You know um, uh, already have a spot on the team. You know the Polisics, uh, the Tyler Adams, the Weston McKinney's, um, Sergeant, and I mean. There's players that you know are going to be on that team. And if those players are struggling against a B squad of, say, Ecuador or Chile, saying, like, uh, wait a minute, you know, you should be playing better than this. Again, I'm not writing you off, but that's not encouraging. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, for, for me personally, the, the, the January camp is, um, as a fan, it's kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. I, I'm... I'm more looking forward to this summer uh, and still at the same time kind of dreading this summer as well. Um, But but, well, um, well, let's, let's go back to, let's go back to, to this, this Panama game. And as Bobby pointed out earlier, um, after about 25 minutes, the U S national team just kind of took over and Panama was suffocated. Uh, They had very few chances going forward after that 25th minute. And, and it really did seem like the U S was, was just probing and prodding. Um, they got their goal. Uh, actually, it was it was kind of a rough one. Uh, if you're a Galaxy fan and a U.S. national team fan, because um, you have two LAFC players who scored in this game, uh, and then uh, and then you had a player who had a very a big game. Uh, he was one of the standouts and had the assist on one of the goals in in Nick Lima, who plays for San Jose. So kind of a kind of a hard one to watch. Um, but uh, Legette did get into uh, this Panama game and, and I thought that he did well. He came in and, and kind of opened things up a little bit for the national team. He replaced uh, Bobby. Did he replace Bradley in that first, um, Ooh, I don't remember. in that first game? I don't remember who it was. I don't remember if it was Bradley or if it was, uh, will trap, but he, he did, he did a lot of good work. I thought in the first game, uh, but in the second game against Costa Rica, like legit when he came in in about what the 60th minute, Mm-hmm. Uh, the game completely changed. It opened up, and he 
was that connecting tissue between the defense and the offense. Like that was the one thing that that was missing throughout that whole game. Uh, yeah. The first half of that Costa Rica game was super boring. Um, yeah, it, was, it, no, was just, it was just poor football. Yeah, it, neither team really had a chance. Uh, I thought Costa Rica did a good job of just breaking up the rhythm of the national of the U.S. Uh, Mahalovic was a lot less effective, and then uh, Zardes. I mean, Zardes, sorry, Zardes. Legette came in for Mihalovic and then kind of changed the game. Like after for long stretches, I forgot that Will Trapp, who had been playing the entire game, was even there. Um, and when Legette came in, all of a sudden Will Trapp like became this monster in the midfield. He was doing little spins to get out of out of uh, trouble, and he was spraying passes all over the place. Yeah, Legette added a lot of aggressive uh, uh, forwards. Uh, forward <clears throat> attacking style to the to the team when they really needed it, so he would allow all the other players to do the same. Um, he had a goal and he had an assist, uh, yeah. leaving that yeah. game two to zero. So I mean, he he was a, he was a major major factor in that game for sure. And of course, we're biased. That's why we keep saying we keep saying <laughs> no. But I mean, I think I think anyone from from an even looking, from an outsider's view. I was just looking at the, the 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 images of the recent rosters of of, of the U.S. team. And legit is like the only one that has a smoldering look. It's hilarious. It's like if, you did, if you did like smoldering up in the dictionary, it's like pink his face. It's hilarious. <laughs> he's a he's yeah he's a smoldering kind of guy. Well, you, you got to remember that legit before he got injured was very much a part of that national team uh, going uh, uh, into Russia, and um, I, I got to figure that. You know, he was still well. I know there's a change in regime, um, but but I gotta figure that he had to be in the plans one way or the other. Maybe he's not a starter, but it certainly looks like he's going to be effective. It certainly looks like he is um, going to be very very useful, and he could very well be used as a super sub. And who knows? Maybe when you incorporate. Uh, the regular starters in the A squad. Maybe he does compliment one of uh, one of the young guys. Maybe he compliments Tyler Adams. Maybe he compliments Weston McKinney and earns his uh, uh, a way into uh, the starting lineup. Uh, Greg Burhalter has said that, um, which is a little odd. I I, I kind of get what he's saying, although I don't completely agree. Is I'm not just going to call someone who's in form. I got to call someone in who fits the system. And if legit fits the system where he's complimenting these other players um you know sure he's also in form yeah well i mean again i mean that's the thing they talked to death in the broadcast is uh it was what two years in in that stadium that uh legit nearly ended his career yeah 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 and and they like they would not shut up about that it's like okay we get it like i i made a point to not say that because i was getting so frustrated with how many times they mentioned and it, you but said it. I, I know. And then I just said it. <clears throat> um, but Burhalter, Burhalter even commented that Legette, when he came in to camp, uh, he didn't quite get what he was being asked of. Um, it took him a while to kind of like get the, the system that Burhalter was trying to implement it. But then he said once he got it, it's like it clicked and then he was – at one of the you know one of the top performers in in training so i think that 
I, I think that goes a long way. I mean, you know, that says that says a lot about coaching and the way that, that players understand what the coach wants from them. Um, and then taking time to kind of like figure out the system. Um, so it, it's good. I think legit brings, like you said, Lewis, I think he's going to um, not only maybe compliment some of these other guys that are that are vying for that uh, midfield spot, but I think he also brings a change too. you know, when when the, the attack maybe doesn't necessarily need a spark, but needs somebody who's a little bit more of a uh, somebody who, who's going to be a little bit more coordinated with with the the way they they pass the ball around the midfield i think he can bring that calmness to a game well that's what i mean you're right but uh, i mean if you're talking about if you're talking about the a squad i'm probably putting that responsibility on somebody else sure and not legit Sure. But I mean, but but I, I understand what you're saying. I, I completely understand what you're saying. And yeah, you're right. Um, maybe he is, uh, you know, one of those guys that can either, um, you know, bring that, you know, calmness in, in the second half. Like, okay, look, we got a lead. Let's protect it. And he can go in there, settle the guys down, and you know, or you know, he could very well also provide that spark if in case you need a goal. Um, he's obviously he he plays both ways. So yeah. um, I think he's not just, just a one-dimensional player. Yeah. Yeah, he brings a different so. pace, a different a different way of seeing the game. Um, but now, but now he's headed back to the Galaxy. Actually, he rejoined them. He was uh, in training on Monday, uh, and then the question becomes: How is he going to fit in with his teammates who have been doing two days for the last uh, two weeks? And and now they're back to sort of regular training as they head into the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, how fit is he going to be compared to some of the other guys? <laughs> he even uh, I think he even like. Posted on Instagram, uh, commented on one of Ima Boateng's posts. He's like, "Oh my God, what am I walking into?" Uh, after the guys are posting, uh, you know, images and stuff of how tired they are in uh, in training camp. Yeah. I just think it's I, I think it's so funny that a national team camp is not going to have anything on uh, <laughs> uh, Skeloto's training camp right now. Or actually, it's not well, even Skeloto's. It's uh, <laughs> Excuse me. It's uh, wow. I'm drawing a blank. Um, Valicantos. Valicantos. There you go. Wow. Complete and, and, and you don't know that. I mean, you know. He, you're right. You're he right. Could, he could just be fine. But it was just. It was just funny to see him be like, "Oh man, what am I getting? What am I getting into?" Because like, yeah, the 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 first few, the first week of images, like you saw guys' faces. They looked miserable, yeah, man. They were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, oh my god, just kill Good. me now, please. Oh man, you know what the, the thing is is that, and again, and I and I said this I think on the last pod that you know when there's a coaching change, there's always going to be that bump, and you're always going to have the players like, oh, it's so much different with this guy because you know this and this and this, and the last coach did this or didn't do this, and 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 this coach is now doing this. So there's always that, you know, the praise for the new coach, and you know they're, they they at least momentarily buy into what they're doing. Um, so, you know, I didn't really put much stock when the players are, are, you know, saying this about, you know, the current um, technical staff. But, man, there really is something different about uh, this technical staff. And it shows. I mean, it really does. I, you can – not only do the players feel it, but let's be honest. The fans feel it as well. They, you can feel the change in the air um, in this organization. And that's a good thing. It, it, it's obviously – the 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 closer effect is really trickling down 
all the way uh, all the way down. Um, so that's that's a really good thing. For sure, I think that fans fans I think are 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 feeling a little bit more confident going into the season. There's still some question marks, obviously, um, that that we need to that we need to answer in, in terms of uh, filling out that roster. But you have uh, you have now two new signings that are uh, one that is announced and one that is imminent, gonna, about to be imminent. Um, you have Uriel Antuna, who uh, is on loan for Manchester City. He's, he's been announced by the Galaxy officially. And uh, Diego Polenta, who was rumored for a while. And then there was a moment where people weren't sure what was going to happen with him. But now he's with the team. He's training. He's actually... He's actually training with the with the starting lineup. Uh, I think that he's definitely going to be a starter when when he when he comes in. Uh, because you look at you look at some of the other guys. You have Dan Sarris and you have Dave Romney sitting in the middle. You have uh, Jorgen Shelvik, who has played center back for us last year, and then behind them you have Hugo Ariano. Uh, who is coming up from G2. I don't know if he's ready. Um, do we have another center back? I don't think we do. Um, the, the thing is, is I, I, you're right. I, I don't think we do either. But, I mean, it, it, you're not going to go out and say, we need to fix our defense. We allowed uh, a fuck ton of goals last season. It cost us several points. Uh, we scored the third most goals in the entire league, and we only had a plus six differential. Uh, I mean, that's bad. So you need to bolster up your defense. You're not going to sign someone that is going to be on the bench. You're not going to sign someone that's going to be playing behind one of the worst defenses in the league. He is guaranteed a starter. He was signed to be a starter. And yeah, but, he, it, but this is also a guy who hasn't played for six months. But at the same time, and like I agree. Sirani was. And I understand that, except that Skelota has been wanting him um, on his Boca team for a couple of years. So it's not like he hasn't been scouted. It's not like, here, this is what was available to us. This is actually Skelota's guy. This is the guy that he wanted for a few years now, and he finally landed him uh, landed him while here. he's here uh, with the Galaxy. So, yes, he hasn't had a team in six months, and you know he's probably going to have to get um, – you know, he's probably going to have to work twice as hard because he's playing a little bit of catch-up. Um, he missed a two-a-days, if, if I'm not mistaken. So he has to get back into shape even more so than the guys who already had started um, the preseason camp. But he's going to be a starter. It's guaranteed he's going to be a starter. He did not sign to be uh, to be a bench player. You're not starting Shelvick or Romney or Steris in that center-back position over Palenta. It's, it, is, it should be a foregone conclusion that Palenta is... Your starter, the, the the question mark is who's paired with him, who um, who are they going to complement him with and complement the other guy with? Because that's going to be extremely important uh, going forward. Um, yeah. Those those two center backs need to have chemistry, or it's all for nothing. I mean, Diego Polenta could be the real deal, and let's just be honest. I'm going to go ahead and trust. Skeloto and Teclose with this, if they're saying, you know, we got this, you know, I trust them. If Chris Klein or Pete Vianna is telling me, yeah, we got this. Yeah, that's not, you know, there's no trust there. <laughs> so I, I, I trust uh, the, the current technical staff. I trust the current GM. 
um, to uh, to have enough faith in them to say, yeah, this is the real deal. So um, he could be the real deal, but if you know the guy next to him isn't pulling his weight, if they're not connecting, um, if they're not on the same page, then honestly, it's kind of all for naught, and you're kind of back kind of in a square one because let's be honest signing one defender isn't the solution to that defensive problem it never was so yeah. so Diego Polenta wasn't there as a savior he was there as reinforcements so the other guys also need to step up um but um he still got you know he, he still got a month so I mean he has some time and uh hopefully he can catch his footing like I said he he hadn't had a team for six months but he was coveted uh, by Esqueloto, and he was playing on a team. He's not over the hill. He's not like Siani, where he's 33 years old. He's 27. He's 26. So, you know, he, he's young. He's, uh, he'll have time. I, I, I think... Tomorrow uh, he'll be 27. Tomorrow he might be 27. <laughs> it's his birthday tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, February 6th. His 1992. No, Bobby's talking shit. <laughs> no, that's his birthday. That's 1992, his birthday. Oh. February 6th. Oh, Really? Oh, yes. there you go. I thought you Happy were just birthday, Diego. Happy birthday, Diego. There you go. <laughs> Good job, Bobby. <laughs> Good job, Bobby. <laughs> Whatever. Um, well, I, I got the I got the opportunity to uh, attend the Galaxy's open open training on Monday. Um, there was about forty to fifty people, I would say, that attended. I think the rain kept a lot of people away. I I went out there. <clears throat> And I was there early, so I got to I got to be you know one of the first to to get in there, and uh, and I gotta say one of the one of the first things that I experienced is we we're waiting to get in to get into the gate to go down into the field, and we look up, and here comes Valicantos and uh, Romero and another guy I don't I don't remember who who the other guy was, but. Um, it was this like you look up and you see Valacantos and he looks up at us and it's this, it was this immediate moment of like, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, here he comes, here he comes. Like for whatever reason, all of us kind of were like intimidated by this guy who comes up and he's approaching and he looks up at all of us and he, and he says, good morning. And I totally expected him to say something in Spanish, but no, very clearly, good morning. He sounded like the most interesting guy in the world. <laughs> and uh, and so, you know, they went down, they let us down into into training, and uh, and then the team started to file in. Um, no Gio. Gio was not at the uh, at the training, and, and we'll touch on that a little bit later. Um, but as the team came down, you know, people were waving, people were saying hello. Uh, Gustavo came over to take some to say hello and take some pictures. He didn't really say much. Uh, Guillermo came out. He didn't say anything uh, to, to to anybody. He waved at he everybody, and then they went. What's that? Did he look sad? <laughs> no, he didn't look sad. He looks he's sad. Very serious. Just very very serious. And then his eyes um, that are like looks like he's all confused. <laughs> Where am I? Don't destroy and, and, and so we're, you know, we're getting excited. We're like, oh, we're going to get to see the butcher, the assassin up close, you know, to see what this guy's like. And then they went down to the lower field on the far end to like warm up. So we didn't even really get to see that kind of thing in action. And then they came up and they started working on, on, um, 
sort of zonal uh, areas. They split the, the field up, and then they sort of had like a, a offense-defense kind of um, training. Um, but I noticed that Shelvik playing left back, uh, Polenta and Romney and Polenta and Steris were paired up in the middle. So it does seem to be like that's going to be the rotation. It's going to be Polenta and Romney or Polenta and Steris. Uh, personally, I think that it should be Polenta and Romney, but, you know, remains to be seen. Um, the one thing that a lot of people mentioned was how intense the, the practice was. Um, a lot of people that have attended these these sessions in the past said, oh yeah, this, they're nothing like this. Like this is, they're going hard and this is way more intense than we've ever seen as one of these like open practices. Uh, usually it's just, you know, they have a fun kick around or whatever, but no, this was like a full on training. Um, so much so that Rolf Felcher had to leave early because he, he, uh, he hurt himself. It looked like um, he, it's, been said that it's a, a leg injury um as he was leaving he was holding like the inside of his upper thigh like in the groin area so hopefully it's nothing long term he you know he left on his own he walked out and uh, and walked back up to um to the lockers but it's it's definitely a concern when you see something like that uh our uriel and tuna got cracked really hard like you could hear the the clash of legs and he went down for a bit, but he ended up being okay. Uh, same with Alessandrini. Alessandrini looked like he was gonna not going to be able to continue, but he did. Um, I got to say, though, looking at the way that these guys trained, um, Antuna, that kid is good. He brings a different um, – uh, he brings something different to the team for sure. He's got really quick feet. He's really fast. Like he was getting on the outside uh, or, or around and on the outside of, of uh, defenders really easily. So I like this kid a lot. I think he's going to be really good. And I think he's going to be a starter. Um, you, you know, the thing is, is that when you're 21 year old, Mexican international, um, remember what I said? When Teclosa was uh, was confirmed, I said two things. Number one, Chris Klein got his Mexican because Teclosa has all the connections in Mexico. Whatever player he's going to want, he's going to get. There it is. You can. Uh, he doesn't even have to be a big name. You can get your Mexican. You can uh, market it. Uh, you know the shit out of it if you if you so wish to do that. And number two is Teclosa since he was in charge of the entire federation, the entire national teams from, you know, the, the youth to the senior teams. He's going to know some of these players. He's going to be able to say, this guy's a real deal. Nobody knows about him yet. And can bring him in for cheap, make a name for himself, make a splash here, and then sell him off to, a, uh, to you know, whoever uh, for a profit, um, which seems to be a, a, a trend that is starting to really pick up. Uh, in yeah. the league. So um, obviously it's not going to happen with Antuna because he is on loan and he belongs to Manchester City. So I got to figure, look, if a if a team like Manchester City has signed this kid, they at least see the potential in him. And if he's good enough to be signed for a team like that, he should be, at the very least, a decent player 
for MLS. So this was a hell of a pickup. Now, this is also an interesting uh, signing for, at least for me personally, for a couple reasons. Um, number one, I think he is going to be a starter. And I think that you signed him with the intention of him being a starter. Now, there's a couple reasons why I believe this, and this is my assumption and my opinion. I could be dead wrong. But number one, I don't think that Manchester City is going to loan him out to a team that isn't going to play them. If they're trying to develop that talent, they need to get him on the field. If he's not ready to play uh, in the EPL for that type of team, he needs to get some some experience. So I doubt that they will loan him off to a team that is just going to sit him on the bench. And for that same reason, I think that the Galaxy were expecting to play him. It's only one-year loan deal. I don't think you're going to sign a player for one year to, again, have him sitting on the bench. I think that they meant to play play him. Teclose obviously knows the guy. Um, he knew what to uh, what he could bring, what to expect. Um, I fully expect him to be in the starting lineup. The second reason is when this... Uh, rumor came out that we were looking to to sign this kid it was around the time that the geo is not going to be on this team this season that he will be bought out or he's going to be traded it was at its peak you know he wasn't mentioned on social media you didn't see him in any pictures nobody wanted to talk about him it was like 95 percent sure that geo was not going to be um, in a galaxy uniform for the 2019 season to me, the signing of Antuna was almost like the nail in the coffin that Gio really would be off this team because signing the winger, signing a midfield, uh, a position where we kind of had a lot of, kind of you know players in, <laughs> yeah, and you know we're not signing a defender. You signed a winger. Well, the pieces kind of fell together. I mean, he was a big part of this puzzle, whether people noticed it or not. Assuming that Gio was not going to be on the team, signing Antuna basically meant I am keeping Legit and Jonathan in the middle. That mm-hmm. is my pairing. And I'm sure this is Dominic Kinnear telling Scalotto, this is what worked. This is your, this is your pairing. You got to work around this. Alessandrini is on this side. Who's on the other side? We know that Ima yeah, Boateng is more... Yeah, we know that he's better off as a sub. We know he's a depth guy. He's... He's more productive as a sub with his speed uh, going against tired legs. If he needs that, we need that spark. That's what he's there for. The other option, Chris Pontius, same thing. He could start, sure. But again, he is that, you know, if they need to slow the game down, that's the calming presence. He yeah, could also provide Pontius a spark. Pontius isn't a winger. He just, exactly. They just put him out there. Right. He's a role player. He's there for depth. He's there for a substitution. He's there to, to fill in in case uh, there's fatigue or if there's uh, maybe there is a tactical uh, uh, you know, necessity to put him in or if uh, you know, maybe you just need fresh legs or whatever. He is not, you know, he's up there in age as well. So it, it's not that he could start game in, game out. And Tuna is your starter. Yeah. And where's Gio fit in all this? Because well, even, even, even without Antuna, I still don't think that Gio fits in anywhere. You exactly. Know? Like which is, that's uh, the kind of player he is. Right. Which is exactly my point. In, in which case, you're asking why sign Antuna in the first place. Because if you're keeping Gio and you don't want to mess with the Jonathan and Leggett pairing, you're not going to put, you're not going to take out Alessandrini. 
So you're going to have to put him on the wing, which, fine, offensively he might be okay, but it's a huge defensive liability if he's there on the wing, which is why he never played there to begin with or why other coaches had a problem with him playing on the wing. And for a team whose biggest efficiency and whose main focus in the offseason was to better the defense, you're not going to put Gio on that side and have another defensive liability. So, yes, I think the signing of Antuna is actually the nail in the coffin for Gio because there really is no place anymore for him. I think that Antuna now has to be the starter. They signed him to be the starter, and I think they signed him in, signed him with the idea that this is now our midfield and Gio is gone. Well, he certainly wasn't at, at the training. Like I said, uh, they held him out due to a leg and injury. Um I don't think that he is gone, gone for sure. But I think that they're operating as if they're going to be able to either buy him out or they're going to be able to get rid of him somehow. Um, there was speculation last week uh, from um, Corner of the Galaxy that everybody's been talking about restructuring a, a contract. And everybody said, well, it's Alessandrini. He's going to get his contract restructured because he's the one – that is closest, and then um, and then they revealed that maybe it's not Alessandrini. Twist, maybe it's Jonathan Dos Santos. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. Think I don't see this happening. I, I would. I would say it's more possible that that happened, and I'm actually more surprised. I really am. I mean, borderline shocked that nobody thought of this to begin with, that everybody assumed that, that Alison Gini would be the one shut off or the one who had to restructure their contract because someone did make a point saying uh, their contracts, what they're making is only like $300,000 difference. Now, Alison Gini has already said, I deserve to be a DP. I deserve to get paid here, if not more, uh, especially when you're comparing the guy that you're trying to accommodate for. I want to stay here. Like, he wasn't budging, and I don't blame him for it. He shouldn't be budging. Jonathan, however, he probably shouldn't be budging either because he brought more to this team than his brother did. But because mm -hmm. that's his brother, he has to basically say, look, if I want to play with him, and if I have to do him a solid, it's going to be me that's going to have to take this pay cut or going to have to restructure this contract if I want him on this team. And I don't know why it never dawned on us that that was – probably more of a possibility than Alessandrini. Because I think it's actually possible that that happens, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest. But I just, again, I just don't see... Everyone is now saying that Gio could possibly be in a Galaxy uniform this season. And they're basing that off of a quote that Jonathan said. He's going to be on this team. He's good. A lot of people would, you know, love to have a player with his skill. He has to say those things. Right. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, right. what else is he going to say? My, my, yeah, my, my brother's shit. We need to get rid of him. <laughs> like, he's not, he's not going to say that. He's going to stand up for his brother. He's going to say all those things. And now everybody's like, oh, shit. Like, he, he's not the final say. Jonathan does not have final say of who goes and who stays. He obviously has a preference. But it's not going to be up to him. I mean, ultimately, it's going to be up to Gio. But, um, yeah, I still believe that um, they're still doing what they can to buy him out. And um, 
you know, hopefully that's what happens. Well, let me ask you guys this, Bobby, how do you feel? How would you feel if that's what happened? If they buy, if they buy down uh, or they restructure Jonathan's contract, he's no longer a DP, he's a town player and they're able to keep Geo. Whether he plays or not is a different story. Um, how do you feel about having a guy like Geo still on this team through this season? I mean, it, it's a waste. It, it's a complete waste. I mean, even even if he's nice even if he even if oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You'll get I'm your sorry. turn. You'll get your turn. Go ahead. And I, I know. Bobby has only been like thirty seconds in. He needs to come in at two and a half. I'm sorry. There's, I'm sorry. There's a ahead. reason for it. Um, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Angel, my apologies. What's it called? Um, I'll just be. I'm gonna be unhappy if he's on the team in general. Just in general, he shouldn't be on this team. He shouldn't. He, his brother shouldn't take a pay cut for him. Um, it feels disrespectful to him, um, and it, it's just, it's just, it's shitty. He shouldn't be on this team at all. Like, we're. I, that's just. I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be angry. That's it. Go okay. ahead, Louis. Back to Lewis. you. No, I mean, I, I agree. He, he basically said everything. Like, there's no point in him being here because, even if you are, it's not even about the money. I mean, he's gonna get paid. He doesn't deserve to be on this team at all. Yeah, it, whether I mean, it, it just it, if he stays on the team, you're 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 taking away a DP spot. You're I'm taking away him an every in, time in, he comes on. Can you? Oh, oh yeah. Can too. you guys? Can you imagine how pissed off Galaxy fans would be if, let's say, Geo stays, but he doesn't play, and Galaxy win MLS Cup. Geo's on that podium. Yeah, see, I'd be, I'd be pissed about that. I'd be happy to win, but I'd be, be pissed that he's still I mean, up. I'd be happy I'm still, that I'm just still pissed won, that he'll be on the team. Like, he should not be on the team. He doesn't deserve to be on this team. Yeah. I mean, I he agree. Doesn't, I he agree. doesn't, as the, as the caliber player that he is, he doesn't deserve to get the money that he's getting to do nothing in California. Sure. I mean, if we buy him out, he's still going to get that money. He's still going to get that money, point. right? No, exactly. I know. I know, but I'm just saying he sucks. He shouldn't get any of that money any, anywhere. Yeah. The, the 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 one thing that um, uh, Josh pointed out was that you know, Geo has to agree to it. The, the 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 team can't just say, "Yeah, we're buying you out." So long. Here's your check. You know, thank you. Don't let the you know door hit you on the way out. Geo has to sign a contract saying, "Yeah." I agree to this. He could very well just say, "I don't want to be bought out," and there's nothing that there's nothing that the galaxy can do at at, at that point. Because if Gio says, "No, I want to stay," fuck you guys. I want to stay. Who would make a contract up that allows that? I'm not. I'm, it's really hard well, they, for me to believe that. that. That's what it is. That's right what now. they have to do. Yeah. That's 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 what it is right now. He. If he doesn't want to get a bot out and he, he feels like he wants to stay in the, the, the team, then that's honoring yeah. his current contract. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, always yeah. a number. He'll go. There's always I'm a sure there's always a number. Yeah, yeah there is. Right. But but, right. but but I think that's the point. I mean, if, if we have to well we think about that. If Gio says I will I will allow to be bought out, but you have to pay twelve million. <laughs> fuck him. You know, like fuck him. Like, no, that's not happening. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that that's what the negotiations are right now, or that's what Gio is asking for, or whatnot. But I mean, if he, if that's the number that requires, no, I know you're saying he's he's going to be greedy to a point that's going to cost us more than actually leaving him on the no, bench, no, 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 keeping no. him on, no, no, I, on the roster. 
No, my point is to your to your comment about there's always a number. If that number is twelve million, fuck you, Geo. <laughs> like we're not giving you twelve million dollars. You know. Um, so yeah, there might be a number, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the correct thing to do. Um, I, I think that you know, if anything, maybe the the, the galaxy are saying we want to buy you out, but we're not paying you the full six. That might be where the negotiations might be like, mm, no, you need to pay me the full six. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not in that, in, in that, uh, in those meetings or in those no, in those negotiations. But you know, we're hoping that something does get resolved, obviously before the deadline, and hopefully it's something that most fans are going to be okay with, and most fans are not going to accept anything less than Geo not being on the team, whether it's via trade. Or uh, or a buyout. Yeah, I, I mean that's just the bottom line. Oh, man. Well, let's uh, let, let's leave this topic behind and let's uh, let's focus on more positive things. Uh, the Galaxy today had a closed door scrimmage versus Visil Kobe. Um, they trotted out different lineups. Kobe, 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 Kobe. Um. <laughs> Obviously, their their uh, first lineup is is probably the closest to what we're going to see going into the Toronto game uh, this coming weekend. Uh, it was Bingham and goal Arajo, who is uh, on trial, I believe. Steris, Romney, and Shelvik. Uh, Arajo probably makes that uh, lineup because Rolf Felcher is, wasn't able to uh, play today. Yes. You have Alessandrini, Lejet, Jonathan Dos Santos, and Antuna in the midfield. And then Kamara and Ibrahimovic up top. Um, I think your your front six. I think anyone could have predicted that. Um, sure. Uh, Interesting that Polenta is not on there. I think the reason Polenta is not on there is because I think he hasn't played in six months and he has to catch up. Maybe he just wasn't fit enough uh, to do uh, to do so. I think if he was there at the start of camp, he might be in that starting lineup. Um, but but I got to figure since he's a late addition. And he's not caught caught up uh, fitness wise. Uh, I, I gotta figure that's played a, a huge role in him not being in the sure starting lineup for this. Yeah, yeah I, I think he. I mean, he's obviously like I said, he, he was signed uh, to be a starter. Uh, I, I don't think um, he 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 was there as a backup to any player that was part of the worst defense in in uh, in the league or one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, but again, you can't just throw him in there. Like you said, he hasn't played in six months and he's going to have to get back into shape. I, I got to figure that that's the main reason why he wasn't there. Um, and then uh, David, you had mentioned that you had, uh, when you were at the practice, uh, you got a chance to even talk to Teclosa, even very, very briefly. Um, and he has said multiple times as well that we're not done yet. And I got to yeah. figure that they still need to sign one maybe two more defenders. And I was always hoping that that would have been the case already because you're still extremely thin um, in that position, especially right back. So I didn't get a chance to, to say this in the last podcast, so I'm saying it now. So since then, Felcher has gone down with an injury. And you see if that happens again, how thin we are. We don't have a replacement. We have a guy that's on trial. Uh, we can easily put... I don't, I'm not even remember if we drafted a a defender. I don't remember if Cuello or the other guy was a... I don't think they were. I think no. they were midfielders. Midfielders. Both yeah. Of them. 
Yeah, so I mean, we're still extremely thin, yeah. and that was yeah, always that was always kind of troubling to me that you had not yet found another defender, and I was hoping that'd be a right back. One of the things that, and again, I'm trying to piece this together. This is again an assumption, but um, Rolf Felcher was option was declined simply to restructure that contract so he doesn't make. Uh, or he doesn't get a raise. I think he made 260 last season. He he probably would have got a raise. He probably would have got over 300 this season if they if they uh, picked up their, his option. They didn't, and he's down to 200. Now there are incentives in his contract that would probably get him to what he would have made mm-hmm. if his option was picked up. And again, this is assumption. This is not anything uh, official or confirmed. This is just my assumption on this. Is that the incentives, I gotta figure, have to do with games played or minutes played. If you make a certain point, okay, you've earned your keep. I really doubt it would have to do with this is how many goals, you know, if you scored this many goals, because he's not a goal scorer. No. Maybe, no. maybe, maybe assists since he goes forward and he crosses in. Um, maybe. That's one of the incentives. But I have to believe that the main incentive has to be how long you're on the field. Yeah. And if that is the case, the FO is already thinking that he's injury prone. And if he if they believe that, then they have to have a backup plan. They have to have a guy already in line to replace him. And so far, that hasn't happened. That is a little troublesome. And you saw that today. You saw that Rolf Felcher was injured. It's not major. It's not that he's going to be missing the start of the season. It's it's very, very minor. Um, you might see him, um, maybe not the Toronto game, but maybe the next one. I, I fully uh, expect him to be in the starting lineup come March 2nd. But in the event that he does get injured, we have no one that can back him up. I mean, it, it really does throw everything into disarray. Um, I mean, I'm do you throw, that do you throw like Chris Pontius back there? I would I would suspect that you would throw Romney back there and have Steris and Palenta in the middle and Shelbic and left back. Yeah. Of course, if something happens to one of the other guys, again, you're really screwed. And the injury bug has lived in that Galaxy locker room for the past what three, four seasons. Well, so hopefully, hopefully Valicantos brought his his uh, you know, bug spray. Yeah, because I mean. You, I mean, we know, we understand injuries happen, but the the way it's happened to the Galaxy is just a little too much. And if someone goes down that back line, that depth is going to be tested, and they don't have that depth yet. So I, it, when Teclosa says we're not finished, I, I got to figure you're signing two defenders. You got to have at least two defenders. Maybe one so. is, maybe one is a starter, and maybe one is challenging Felcher for that. Um, starting role at right back. I mean, if, if I am to closer, that's what the way I want to be. Like, you know what? I want competition. Scalotto has already said, you know, the best players are going to play. He's already, you know, uh, putting that environment in there that, you know what, you, you've got to work your ass off. You've got to work harder than this guy. You've got to earn your starting um, spot. And if there is incentive for Felcher just to be on the field, if he doesn't get injured, he would get it by default. Someone's got it there and challenge him, like, hey, you know what? We kind of don't want to pay these ex- this extra money. <laughs> you know, let's go ahead yeah. and see this guy that could probably take his starting spot, someone with, 
you know, pretty close to his skill level. It doesn't have to be, you know, a DP guy, but someone pretty close to his skill level that will like, okay, challenge him. So, I mean, hopefully well, that it's, gets it's, fixed. It's possible that that can't get resolved until after they decide what they're going to do with Geo because if they get rid of Geo, then they might, you know, then, then they might have some, uh, you know, they might not need to use some TAM money and then they have some room to go get somebody. Right. Um, and you have a that, on us. What's that, like the sun shining bus. down? Is that what you said? Yes, I'd be so happy. And, it, and it's possible that they don't get anybody until the summer. You know, they I, might they might take their take their lumps in the beginning part of the season. Uh, take their chances with, with Felcher and maybe one of these trial guys, maybe Araujo, maybe uh, Traore, who actually was pretty good in, in the, the practice. Uh, maybe Hilliard Arce can slot out there well one of the one of the scenarios that kind of went through my head and and i don't know if this is possible i don't even know if this is in the realm of possibility this is something i probably would have to ask josh who would probably be better suited to answer this question but i thought to myself if at the beginning of the season geo is here jonathan agrees to uh restructure his contract get uh become a tam player loses DP status so that Geo can keep his and that, you know, and the Galaxy are compliant within league rules. Is it possible that you buy him out in the middle of the season? Where you're saying, look, it's not working out. You're not getting any playing time. Let us buy you out. We pay you. You go off, play somewhere else where you're going to get playing time because you're I, not going to do it here. You I buy him out. In, you buy him out in the middle of the season. Now you have an international spot and a DP slot available to you. And if you need reinforcements during that summer transfer window, it's there. But again, I don't know if that's possible, if you can do that in the middle of the season or not. Yeah, I don't know if you can do that because um, – and also, like, it wouldn't be smart for them to do it, because, especially if they know that Geo is not going to do anything for them. But if you're, if they, but if if you're they, gonna, if that relationship is already dissolved, so to speak – I don't. I don't think it makes sense to keep a guy on for half a year and then make him leave, if, especially if you've already restructured have, somebody else. But you have more. You maybe that's the backup plan. But I mean, you have more leverage later on. Where right now, Geo can say, "Look, I know I haven't been performing. I know blah 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 blah. This season's going to be different. There's a new coach." Uh, this you is know, Geo saying this. Let's just say. Let's just that's say a, that this is... That's th a wacky is, fantasy land you live in. It is a wacky fantasy land, but this is why I'm saying what if. He's saying something like this just to say, like, I want to stay on this team. I don't want to leave. Because if that's the case, Gio would... If, if they were planning on just buying him out, and AEG has given him the green light. So it's not like, okay, it's not like I'm really trying to get around this. We got the green light. We've exhausted everything else. No one wants him. If the owners have said, dude, do it. Like, why are you hesitant to do it? Obviously, if Gio doesn't want to leave in that manner, and he won't sign off on it, and he's saying, no, I want another shot. This is my final season. Let me see what I can bring. You know, Skeleto might bring this out on me. Whatever. Whatever the hell, you know, he's thinking or what he's saying, he doesn't want to sign off on this. So, okay. But he doesn't play. He's just on the bench. And he's miserable. Now the tables have turned. Now the organization organization says, look, you're not playing, dude. You're not going to get on the field. 
accept the buyout, play some roast. He's more liable to probably go then. I, I honestly don't see that. I don't see that happening. I don't think it can happen. I don't think you can buy yeah, somebody out in the middle of the season. Yeah, I don't um, think That's what I'm saying. But, you know, that's that's let's just we all we can do is wait and see what the galaxy has in store because I think people are going kind of crazy figuring out when Gio's going to be gone. And we ha- they have until March 1st, uh, which I believe is, is roster compliance day, so the day before the season starts. And it might not be until then that, that any of this happens. So According according to the team, according to Escaloto, uh, it's supposed in, to be in, in a matter the next of days. Couple of days. Yeah. Yep. So... Who knows? I mean, I, I think it, I think it does go down to March first, if I'm being perfectly honest. But who knows? We might get an announcement as you're listening to this podcast. Who knows? That'd be great. Who knows? That would be great. <laughs> that would be great. Um, so, looking ahead, we have um, the first official preseason game of the season. Uh, well, obviously, like the closed you, door scrimmage. You, you totally, William Shatner, that last sentence. Thank you. Like uh, so, it. we've been doing it. I've let it go. I know I have. You have it, but <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up. Okay. okay. But you did it perfect right there. Yeah, you're right. The, um, we have the first <laughs> official preseason game of uh, of the season. The closer scrimmage against uh, Vissel Kobe. Bobby? Hubby? Huh? Kobe. 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 Vissel Kobe. The first preseason game against <laughs> Vissel Kobe. Today, uh, the Galaxy won 4-1. to one. And, uh, and you know, no, nobody saw it, or at but, least uh, n- none of us saw well, it. So we'll a a it. very select few people saw it. Yeah. Um, but more of us will get to see it on uh, on Saturday. So <laughs> it's expected to rain, or at least the forecast that I saw, I saw that it, that it might be raining. Um, so it's possible that I might be going to this game by myself. Bobby, are you going to go? be going I'm to this going. game? I'm going. You're going? Okay, yeah. I'll see you there. Lewis? You going to this game? Uh, is this is on Saturday? Yes, seven thirty. Um, seven thirty. Well, I mean, if it's raining, probably not. Although I, I, my my girl is off to a baby shower at night. I think they're actually doing like a dinner or whatever. So I will be completely free. However, I will have the baby with me, and if it's cold and rainy, chances are I probably don't want to take him out. So I think um, it is going to be cold. Uh, whether um, it rains or not, it will be cold. Oh, okay. Well then. Um, oh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cold. Then uh, I, I will wait till March second. <laughs> okay. Well, I I will be there. Uh, Bobby will be there. So uh, if you wanna if you wanna you know come and find us, we'll we'll be around. If you want a sticker like a uh, a certain Galaxy player, um, come come and find us because we'll have some stickers. Uh, <laughs> Uh, one, <laughs> one, one final, well, one, one final thing about the, you know, the, the he preseason was, here. Right. He was oh, shattering that, that for a while. So, so then he yeah, left he it, he left it on, <laughs> on hang. And I was like, where's the next word? <laughs> oh. So it threw me out because you just took it. Like, you know, you usually, you just, you just run with it. But like he was, I was waiting for the last word that David had to fill in there. It just felt so incomplete anyway. <laughs> I was leaving it open for you guys to try and jump in. <laughs> Save me, please. <laughs> um, Come get uh, stickers. <laughs> stickers. <laughs> um, no, I, I would. Uh, uh, 
I, I would love to go to every Galaxy game. I possibly can, but it's just a little harder this time around um, to get back into the swing of things, even if it is a, a preseason game. Um, it's still a lot of fun. I remember the preseason game I went to last season against, I want to say it was NYCFC. Um, you know, preseason, you can tell that people were a little bit excited uh, about that season. Uh, you know, Kamara was signed and, you know, at the time we thought Perry Kitchen was going to be, uh, you know, good, much needed reinforcements along with Shelvick. You know, though there were uh, optimism as there usually is uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, a little bit different this season. Uh, and it has nothing to do with the players as much as it is, uh, you know, the, the FO and the technical, uh, the technical staff. And, um, I think that's enough. Um, encouraging signs in the first preseason game. But again, um, nothing to get too excited about. You're playing against an inferior opponent. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that MLS is at a higher level than the J League. Um, so um, it, it's good to see that the offense is still pretty much picked up where they left off still scoring you know three goals a game uh, a game um and uh one goal uh, uh, allowed apparently uh it was uh Steris who just slipped and you know his his man kind of had a had a free shot so um kind of encouraging but nothing to get that excited for i, I think uh you'll find stiffer tests um as the preseason goes along, and of course, um, when the games matter on March second, um, I think that there is, um, I think there is reason for for optimism uh, this season. Like I said, I think uh, the close is really um, that effect has really trickled down all the way to the fan base and throughout the organization. So, um, encouraging things. Uh, happening in galaxy land. So we hope that they move in the right direction. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll talk about our, uh, predictions and forecasts, you know, the, the week before the, the season starts. So we'll save that for that. But, um, yeah, so far, uh, so far so good for the most part. Yeah. So the galaxy face, uh, Toronto, a Toronto that, uh, with newly signed forward, Terrence Boyd, yeah, I remember uh, that guy. Giovinco, Giovinco departing that team. So, Certainly a different look to uh, to that Toronto team, but uh, That's so bizarre. That Giovinco goes, got sold. Th- that Giovinco got sold to Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was an odd move, wasn't it? I mean, Bobby, can you believe that? Yeah, it's odd. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was a big hang. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, oh man, yeah, God. man. Giovinco went to uh, Al Halil in Saudi Arabia. Apparently, he wasn't very happy about that. Um, but I mean, look, Toronto get what three or four million for again, uh, for a guy like Giovinco, who ah, he's kind of been there, done that in this league. You know, he won an MLS Cup. He he was a free kick specialist, um, and and now. What's their the GM has left for, for uh, Miami. But, but and... the thing is, I, I, I don't know about if he's not happy going to Saudi Arabia because he, uh, I got to figure that a player like Giovinco would have a no-trade clause in his contract. And for him to just move out to Saudi Arabia, I mean, he's got to have to have permission like, hey, uh, I'm signing off. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to Saudi yeah, Arabia. I... It, it almost seems like he was... Just I don't think that he get... was like it was done without his consent. I think it was like 
oh, really, Toronto? You're not going to keep me? You I know? think that's what it is. I think it was more out of, like, resentment toward Toronto. Because apparently he he went off on Instagram, I think. that, And he was yeah. saying that, like, you know, the new management obviously didn't have me in their plans. And they're going a completely different direction. And he wasn't happy with it and blah, blah, blah. So, obviously, it's uh, it's going to be, you know, uh, uh, he said, she said type of thing. But... You know, I, I got to figure that a, a player like Jovinko, like, you got to figure, look, I, I need to keep that guy. If I'm, if I'm Toronto, I want to keep that guy as long as possible. And then just to sell him off to Saudi Arabia, I mean, that's a really bizarre move. And the fact that Jovinko agreed that he would be so upset with that organization that I'm willing to go to the Middle East to play, uh, you know, to, to continue my career is just kind of bizarre. Well, it's, it's so. going to be a big payday for him. And like I said, Toronto got something out of it. I, I think um, all in all, like it, they got everything that they could out of Giovinco. And the fact that they're selling a guy like him instead of signing him for another, you know, three year deal at, until he retires and, and, you know, maybe loses a step or two um, is, is a, is a change in the way that MLS teams are, are starting to do business. You look at, what happened with Alfonso Davies? He went to Bayern Munich for you know record number. Um, obviously, Tyler Adams went to Red Bull uh, Leipzig at the end of last season, but you know he he was that was a Red Bull paying Red Bull, so you know that's kind of a, a inside deal. But you have other players now departing the league. You have Yoshi Otun, uh, who went to Cruz Azul, um, and uh, Chris Richards, who was. Um, with the was it Dallas um, or I, I forget where he what, where he was at, but he went to the Bayern uh, U nineteen team for uh, like two or three million dollars, and then the big one is uh you know Miguel Amiron. He went for a record number between twenty one and twenty seven million dollars to Newcastle. Um, so MLS is is starting to turn a profit on on these investments that they're making, and Lewis, you mentioned. Uh, Antuna earlier, it, it is too bad that he's a, a Man City player. It's too bad that the Galaxy couldn't pick this guy up and and have somebody to sell later on. But you know, I, th- I think that change is is coming and and it's going to be a, end up being a good thing for the league as a whole. Yeah, I, I think for um, I can say a couple different things here, but uh, well, I'll start off with the Galaxy. Um, you know, with the closer coming in, it's he's in charge of everything. Um, he is going to pretty much, I don't want to say rebrand, but he's definitely restructuring everything and the way we, the, or at least the organization, uh, are, are seeing things. You know, our, our academy was there, but it was not being used properly. Um, he's now in a position where, okay, you know what? We are in a hot bed of town in Los Angeles. It's going to be, it, it, it's dumb that you can't find talent good enough to fit in your team uh when you have one of the hotbeds in the country here um he's gonna incorporate that he's gonna be able to do the business side where look we're gonna be making profits here we're gonna be selling our players we're gonna be doing the correct moves um you know we're gonna buy cheap we're gonna sell high um and and again that's him going into like mexico and saying hey i can get this guy for cheap he's gonna be you know Decent enough here to where that's a step to Europe, make a profit, boom, reinvest in whatever I need to reinvest in. And it, it's going to be the norm. And and I, I think Atlanta is um, right now at you know the front of that. I think they're, again, they're the standard bearers 
what the galaxy once was, you know, doing things that nobody else was doing. Um, the galaxy playing a little bit of catch up, but you know, better late than I never. Mean, Atlanta just signed Paul Pogba's brother. Yeah, I know. I know. We we should probably get. Oh, I don't know who has a who has a brother. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, you know, we should, uh, we should sign and, Cristiano Ronaldo's son. Is who we should sign. That, that's true. That you put him in the academy. Um, but but the other thing is that I mean, as far as uh, going back to the U.S. program, um, this is a this is an opportunity where MLS, if they truly have accepted. Okay, we'll be a selling league. We can be the platform to Europe. We can be the connection to Europe. This is where you can make a name for yourself. This is also where MLS has to step up and say, we need to develop these kids. We need to further invest in these academies. The culture needs to change to where the coaches play the kids, are willing to play the kids, and not just you know the most expensive player on the roster. Right, can they, can't, kids, they can't always go chance? find. They can't always go find like a South American, you know, young, youngish South American player, uh, and expect to develop him like Atlanta is hoping to do with Barco, and then sell him off for for more money. It it's obviously it's way cheaper to to right. develop kids out of your own academy, you know, that you didn't it didn't cost you all that much to sign, and then uh, and then develop and, and sell them off for a profit. Right. Right, um, and this that's also helps where this out. Is gonna go, but yeah, you know, uh, but the, but but the whole point I was trying to make is that it's it's supposed to be. I, mean, I know it's not MLS's job to enhance the national team, but officially, but it should be. It should be where, like, you know what? Because it is mutually beneficial to both parties here. If MLS is producing enough talent to where you're saying, "Hey, this is the next." You know, this is a league of future stars. Watch them before they become the superstars out in, you know, the, the big teams in Europe. You know, you can market it that way. In turn, you know, what, what that does is, you know, the, the product does become better. The, the whole point of, you know, signing these foreigners and improving the league was also improving the national team. Like, well, look, if the, if the American players want to get a chance to play, they're going to have to get better than some of these South Americans or some of these foreigners, and in doing so, um, that helps the national team. But you know, MLS has to embrace that, and this is a golden opportunity uh, for them to to do so and to help with the national team. Because again, if the national team is getting better, it's going to show in MLS, uh, you know, exposure. It's, it's going to say, okay, well, let's go ahead and start watching more American soccer. Let's go ahead and start watching more. Uh, of these kids as they develop, or these teams, or these kids are coming from before they, you know, get bigger, uh, bigger out there. The success of the national team will obviously reflect on MLS and vice versa. So I think there is a mutual uh, benefit to doing this. I'm hope, on hopefully, MLS will, you know, make the correct decisions and do the right thing, and you know, shift that culture that this uh, program and country desperately need. There you go. Hmm. Ditto. All right. Well, All I think right, that's so about that. About does it, guys? I, I think so. Did Bobby get his three minutes in? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. This is episode one forty-five. <laughs> Ella is our house. Saying goodbye. This is David and Lewis. Good night, everybody. Thank you. See you guys next week. 
And this is Bobby. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to LA is Our House. Follow us on our website, laisourhouse.com, and sign up for our monthly newsletter for upcoming articles and special content. Follow us on our Twitter for all of the up-to-date news in our soccer world. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you in the next episode.